This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Here's something to think about. Is there a good balance between making sure that uh, kids don't get hurt or at least hurt severely and letting kids be kids? In other words, are we looking over young people too much to the point of inhibiting their growth and maybe the success of our entire society by worrying too much about the immediate. I know that sounds weird, but bear with me. This is an interesting discussion. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend. I found an interesting article called Want to Protect Children? Don't Embrace Safetyism. Now, I found it at uh, Mises.org for the Mises Institute, but uh, you can find it at a lot of different places. And it was written by Julian Adorni, who's a writer for the Foundation for Economic uh, Education. And Julian, first of all, I appreciate you being on the uh, program, but we want to protect kids. I mean, kids come first. We we don't want them to get hurt. Uh, isn't child safety and, and by extension, safetyism a good thing? Why should we question it? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. And so essentially, we all want kids to be safe. Everyone agrees with that. But some things changed in the past 20 years. You know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, we, we recognized that safetyism was was a trade-off. You know, you accept a little bit of risk to cross the street so you can get places. You accept a little bit of risk to go hiking, you know, so you can get some exercise and be in nature. And so it, it's just a trade-off. And what we've done in the past 20 years, and this is kind of a definition of safetyism um, that Jonathan Heights and Greg Lukianoff talk about in the, in the book, The Coddling of the American Mind. The definition of safetyism is an obsession with safety to the exclusion of all other values. So now it's like, okay, I don't want my kids to cross the street, even if that could give them a lot of autonomy and freedom and ability to explore the world because they might be in danger crossing the street. Or I don't want my kids to go for a hike, even if it's really good exercise and it helps them get in touch with nature and helps them explore the world because something bad might might happen to them. And so it's this, it's safety to the exclusion of all other things, which sounds really kind, but in practice can end up hurting kids quite a bit. Yeah, now you start off the article kind of with a personalization of that. You talked about um, a mother whose kids, uh, you know, went out to, uh, you know, to just to go do some walking around the neighborhood and picking stuff up. And she got a visit from a police officer. Explain what happened and how this relates. Yeah, that was a really horrifying story. Um, the mother's name was Anna Hirschberger. And so she let her two kids, which I think were ages five and seven at the time of this of this story, she let them go out and walk the sidewalks of this very, very safe neighborhood where she lived and pick up litter, which in the old days we would think, hey, this is a really good thing for kids to do. It's like they want to spend their free time picking up litter. That's amazing. But a cop actually came to her house and said that this is unsafe because, you know, maybe a car could have run up on the on the sidewalk and hit her kids or maybe they could have gotten lost or something like that. And so I think the proper response um, and the mother kind of pushed back on the cop in this case because it's like, okay, well, if a, if a car were to run up on the sidewalk, I mean, first off, that's a vanishingly rare, rare, rare thing. You know, we've got some bad drivers in the U.S., but that's a, that's a rare thing. Um, and so first off, her being with her kids wouldn't have helped anything in that case. But also it's like, okay, you know, if we're scared of a car running up on the sidewalk, what's the solution? Just, just never go outside? And that doesn't seem like much of a way to live. Um, and then the other thing is that, you know, her kids were walking unsupervised, but 
20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and honestly, you know, most of us who are on, who are, are listening to this show, you know, we had childhoods like this where we were just encouraged to go out and play. We were encouraged to go out and roam the neighborhood and, you know, meet up with friends and go for walks and explore parts of these kind of safe areas. Um, and especially if a kid wants to go exploring while picking up litter in their free time, that really things like seems like something that we should be encouraging because it's better for everyone, you know, better for the kid, honestly, better for society than that kid just staying home and watching and playing Halo all day. Let me ask you about that uh, better for society uh, part of this. Of course, I remember back, you know, when I when I was a kid, we split up in teams and roamed the neighborhood and shoot bottle rockets at each other, and people just kind of rolled their eyes. I don't think he's going to let you do that today. But when you talk yeah. about uh, this could be bad for society, somebody says, "Well, wait a minute, it's going to make the child feel loved and protected. That's a that's a good thing." What's that trade off? To use you know, kind of that concept you started with a little bit ago. Yeah, that's a great question. And so the trade off is. There are kind of two, way, two ways um, to kind of raise kids. And this is something that, again, Jonathan Haidt and Luke Enoff, you know, both of whom have kids, you know, Haidt is a social psychologist. Um, they talk about this in their book, Caught in the American Mind. Um, and they say that you can prepare the child for the road or you can try and prepare the road for the child. And so the idea is like, okay, you know, the kid's going to walk a bumpy road. Either you can help your kid become strong enough to walk that bumpy road or you try and just pave that road over. What we've tried to do for the past 20 years is try and pave that road over. And um, and the problem is that doesn't work because life is inherently a little bit messy. Life is inherently, you know, you have 300 million humans in the US and a lot of, a lot of us disagree on stuff. And a lot of us, you know, don't see eye to eye. And, you know, um, in your life, you're going to get fired. You're going to get dumped. You're going to, you know, have bad things happen to you. And that's, that's really unfortunate. It's just how life is. And so the idea is that you want to prepare the best thing you can do for your kid is prepare them and help them develop the emotional resilience, the emotional fortitude to, to, um, to take a few punches from life and keep rolling, you know? Um, because what we see now is these kids are entering the workforce or they're going to college and they have no idea really what to do. Um, I mean, I've heard stories of 22-year-olds in the workforce who were raised this way, and they just sit around all day on their phones, you know, waiting for someone to tell them what to do because they have no idea how to be self-directed because the parents never let them be self-directed. Um, and I've seen kids on campus, you know, where if if you disagree with them, they freak out and they start yelling because they were never raised, they were never allowed to develop the emotional resilience to really cope with disagreement or cope with like an argument or conflict. And so there's, it's, it's a really sad thing to watch because it's not the kid's fault, but we're doing a profound disservice to them and to society as a whole by sort of raising a very fragile, raising very fragile kids by accident. You actually mentioned at the end of the article that uh, a free society isn't compatible with somebody who's so coddled they're dependent on others. For a lot of people, that's going to be the tough question is where's that line in that gray area? That's a really good question. And I think every parent has to decide this line for themselves. You know, there can't be any any kind of big one size fits all, oh, always let your kids do this by this age. You know, parents know their kids best. And so, you know, as a parent, you've got to make that decision. I will say there are there are profound trade-offs. And meeting a kid a couple of years ago really brought this to light for me. Um, I was at Waterworld and I met this this 14-year-old kid and we started talking because we were going on the same ride. Um 
And he told me he was 14. He was 200 pounds. He was dealing with childhood obesity. And his mom had almost never let him outside. The occasional trips to Waterworld were an exception. But at one point, when he was five years old, he fell out of a tree. And that's a really scary thing for any parent to happen, but he was fine. But his mom responded to that by saying, okay, I'm never going to let you be in any danger ever again. And so as a result, this poor kid, you know, he was almost never allowed to go outside. He got diagnosed with ADD because that's that's what happens when you take a boy and give him a bunch of sugar and then don't let him run around. And now he drinks Mountain Dew all day to kind of combat the ADD. And I thought, man, this poor kid, because his, you know, his mother is trying to keep him safe, but in doing so, she's accidentally exposing him to an enormous, you know, enormous dangers, the dangers of childhood obesity, um, the dangers of, you know, not really knowing how to navigate conflict, not really knowing how to go outside, stuff like that. So that, that was an incredibly sad story. And it kind of highlighted to me, like, where's the, you know, where's the line? It's hard to say, but that's the trade-off we're kind of dealing with is that sometimes keeping your kids too safe can kind of backfire and can create a lot of risks for the kids. All right. Now, where do we get in contact with you and see your work, Julian? The best place is honestly go to go to my Twitter account where I post everything. Twitter.com slash Julian underscore Liberty. All right, Julian Adorney, I really appreciate you being on the program. Interesting stuff here. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Really enjoyed our conversation. Okay, just ahead, uh, members of Congress are fighting over whether to have a short-term or a long-term spending plan. What does it mean to you? We'll talk about that just ahead right here on American Viewpoints.